everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my husband and co-host Jeremy. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode with Pablo. I'm going to pass it over to Jeremy to introduce him properly, but we really hope you enjoy this episode and I'm so looking forward to learning more about you, Pablo. Thank you guys for tuning in once again. Thank you, Pablo, for being with us today. Yeah. Um, what Thanks. do you know about me so far? That's what I want. That's what I really want to know. You- <laughs> I, cr- <laughs> I know you live in Miami and you go to Daybreak, and that's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is funny because, like, yeah, we. I actually remember the first time, like, I. I saw you at Daybreaker a few times. Like, you're one of those familiar faces that I hugged. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. uh, and then when I did Gratitude Part One, I remember you came to bring someone that was in my prod one. And I was like, yeah. I, I know this guy, I've seen him, but I don't, <laughs> I know his face, but I can't put a name on it. And, and yeah, and, and on the last day I was like, I know you, I don't know why, but I know you. And I was, oh yeah, Daybreaker, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And, and yeah, and since then we saw pretty much each other every Daybreaker and everything. Uh, we, but we actually never really took time, take time to talk. Yeah, that's uh, why I was so excited for you to introduce me. I so. was, I was like, I know Jeremy and Rosie, but I don't think they know me, and I don't know if they know what I do, what I, you know, what, what they can actually expect out of this conversation. To um, be honest, it's just nice to get to know you, and that's all this is—is is just talking to people point. about their lives <laughs> and just get to know them in the process. I, I do know a little bit. I know you have a company, um, a solar power company. Yes. One minute. Let's start from. And yeah, and and I know you are like an electric fan. You have a Tesla, which I like. And yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. One minute. Let's go right back. Where are you from? Where were you born? Tell us a little bit about that oh, to start well, with. We're going back to the. Yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I was actually born in Cali, Colombia. Oh, okay. uh, and Cali, if you don't know, it's like it's known as like the salsa capital of the world. Mm. It's the I think it's the third biggest city in Colombia. Um, probably around two, 2.5 million uh, in population. It's wow. pretty massive. Um, I did grow up in a family that was already very Americanized. Mm-hmm. I mean, we spoke obviously Spanish at home, but from the beginning, from the earliest I could remember, we had uh, already planned trips to the US. Uh, I I know my my parents always thought about uh, probably moving to the U.S. or somewhere that spoke English because, you know, they they t- they they made sure I went to an English-speaking school, an American school, I think. That's I'm pretty cool. sure it was an American school. So um, even though I moved here when I was 10 years old from Colombia, I learned English when I was four or five. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And, and that's why a lot of people are are kind of confused when they hear me speak. They're like, what? You moved here when you were 10. Mm. And I'm like, yep. But, you know, I cheated. (laughs) (laughs) My English wasn't this good, but it was sufficient to, you know, bring it up to this level. Every once in a while, I'll say a word or two that make it very clear that I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And So what was life like in Colombia? Do you remember it from being from your childhood? Yes, yes. It's, It's really interesting. And obviously, it's such an long time ago that I it almost feels like a dream Mm. it doesn't feel like it was my life it's almost like I'm watching a little kid (laughs) 
living in Colombia from my <laughs> American perspective, because now, nowadays I definitely consider myself more American than Colombian. And um, so when I look back, it was, it was an amazing childhood. Like we had, there were, there, my, my family did things over there that over here are kind of ridiculous to think about. So for example, when I was, uh, when I was one or two years old, my grandfather uh, set out on this plan to build a five-story building where he could give one apartment to each of his children. Wow. And so he found everything. He found the, the investors or the mortgage or whatever. He found a plot of land. They started building it and then it was done. And that's actually where I grew up, where I spent uh, my childhood is in this building with literally my all of my cousins, because my dad has uh, seven brothers and sisters. Mm. Not all of them lived there, but most of them did. And the ones that did, their children became almost like my siblings. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I would rem- I remember I you know it was almost like one big house. It was all multi- it was multiple apartments, but I would just run down, you know, to the fourth floor and I would knock on knock on my That's so cool on my cousin's door and or I, I wouldn't even knock honestly. It was yeah. open. I would just barge <laughs> in. I would barge in and and um that was that was my childhood it was really family oriented and beautiful and really really i have to say it privileged like we we lived a privileged life and in colombia now looking back and the reason why for me it would be really difficult to move back to colombia uh it's it's just the level of inequality is Mm. ridiculous Mm. so yeah, you know, we were we were pretty well off, and uh, when you're in in Colombia, that that usually means that you have a lot of uh, luxuries. And you know, we had a maid. My mom didn't really have to cook; she could work. So both my mom and my dad could work, mm-hmm. and and we had someone who would cook for us. And you know, over there, you can literally have that for the equivalent of maybe one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Wow! Wow! Which is great when you look at it superficially but now that i'm older and i look and i understand what that means for that society and mm. how how unfair that is that mm. you could have two individuals living in the same not only reality but in the same city vicinity and one of them you know can't can, can live off of 150 dollars a month and the other one has all these luxuries and that's what when I go back to Colombia, that's what I see is is just, you know, high rises next to the slums. Mm. And most of South America is like this. And, you know, people live there happily. Uh, you know, they have salsa. They have they it's not like they're depressed. They're very, mm. very happy. But I I think it would it would bring me and my uh, I my 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 will to succeed to a halt. Because mm-hmm. I would start focusing on how do I elevate the people who are not in the at the same tier that I, that I am? How do I elevate them so that they can live uh, with this kind of luxury? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's just too hard for me. It's really hard for me to think about moving back to Colombia for that reason. And then how was the move when you were 10? How did you find that moving to the States? And did you move to Miami straight away or did you move we here moved, later? Yeah, or? we moved to Miami straight away and it actually wasn't too hard of a move. Um, it was it was a move 
based on like the, what what triggered the actual move here was um, a couple of events in quick succession that really scared my family about the safety of us, the children. So I remember there was a kidnapping that happened at a church. Sure. And and that was kind of like, that really made my grandparents uh, angsty about it because, I mean, Colombia in the, in the 1990s was weird. Hmm. And you had, you know, Pablo Escobar and all that in the early 90s. But then all of that kind of fell into the background. Hmm. When, with, when Pablo Escobar died in 1993, all of that went to the background. The drug wars kind of, uh, didn't were they weren't as public anymore, um, and and it was really the um, an, a big uh, revolutionary guerrilla group called Las FARC, revolutionary armed for armed forces of Colombia that that started gaining uh, a notorious um, fame for kidnapping as a form of revenue generation yeah. because they had to fund their activities. And so they would target wealthy individuals and they would follow them and they would find out, okay, like this is so-and-so's child. Let's go ahead and jump on their school bus when they're on their way to school and kidnap them. And that actually did happen to um, a girl that went to my school, when a, a, a young girl. And it's really sad. It's really difficult to live in that reality where, mm. you yeah. know, I can't imagine my parents They must leaving. be terrified. Yeah. You leave, their, you leave your child... Uh, with the school bus and then yeah. how do you know yeah your life is going to come back are and, they going to yeah, make it to that's... school so back in 1997 1998 there was a huge exodus of people from colombia to the states and uh and we were one of those we we found a way um in and i remember being relatively excited um i like the us um i like miami and when I mean, it was still pretty terrifying. I remember my first day in elementary school, I was shaking up until a particular moment that I don't think I will ever forget. I went into the first day of school. Uh, and as soon as I went in, the teacher asked like, hey, you know, she introduced me and then she said, uh, does anyone here speak Spanish? And literally half the class raised Everyone, their hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I felt like that to me calmed me down for life. It was like, okay, you know, we did move, but there are people everywhere that I can connect with. Yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be okay. And, and that was it. So I, I like it. I'm, yeah, I, I guess my parents you, you would have moved to like, I don't know, Kentucky or something like that. It would have been different. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I'll be a cowboy, cowboy Pablo, you know, I'll have a ranch <laughs> with my country music playing yeah. 24-7. I mean, I guess it'd be cool, but, you know, this one was good too. Yeah. And, and yeah, Miami's a special place for me. Miami's home. So then, I guess you obviously went to school here. Did you go to university and college, things like that? Yes, yes. Um, I, I went to... Um, so I, I didn't really, I wasn't the greatest student during school. Like I, I slacked off and, um, you know, after like sixth or seventh grade, it wasn't intuitive for me anymore. Right. Because then you start to get into, you know, algebra two and nonlinear equations and all that. And that's when to me, you know, I was, I was used to doing 
you know, being able to figure things out relatively quickly, that stopped being the case. And then I got lazy. And then there was like a couple of girlfriends and, you know, puberty <laughs> hit and all that stuff. So distractions. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time that it came, it came down to, well, I mean, be before that, there was also an element of um, d during, I only, I, I, I did high school in three years, um, which is unusual. I skipped my junior year to do a foreign exchange year in Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I heavily recommend you guys to research this for your children or anyone listening. Understand the value of your child being 16 years old or 17 years old and being taken out almost like lifted by the, the top of the shirt and then plopped <laughs> somewhere else in the world for a year. <laughs> it is one of the most exhilarating and life-changing things that you could do to a person. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, re it doesn't even matter where you go. I happened to go to Italy, um, uh, which was really fun. I have friends who went to Finland, China, Japan, um, you know, a lot of places in most, most, most people from the U S tend to go to Europe. Did you decide Italy or I had a list of three countries. I think I had Australia, okay. Italy, and France or something like that and and uh i was chosen by a family in italy because a family over there gets a list of you know you send like a like a like a resume kind of like a like an essay that, yeah. that everybody gets to read and and so i got chosen by a family in italy and i really consider those people my family they're my italian family hmm. i call them mom and dad Aww. i call them mama e babbo <laughs> and do you speak italian then you did you learn that when uh, you were there yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was able to by the eighth or ninth month, uh, pretty much speak it fluently, um, uh, which was interesting for me. I mean, obviously Spanish helps. Yeah. And when I came back, I, my Spanish was so bad when I came back, I used to, <laughs> yeah, you mixed I used it up. To, yeah, I made up so many words yeah. and people were like, what the fuck are you saying? Bob? That didn't mean anything. I'm like, what? Gelato, gelato. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, so I did, so, um, I ended up finishing high school in three years, which, um, didn't really allow me to excel to the level that some of my peers did, because mm. some of them got to what in the U S, um, they call AP classes. And if you do, if you take AP classes, it has a, a significant impact on your, uh, GPA. So they, they boost your GPA, they're weighed better mm -hmm. on your GPA and, And of course, it gives you almost like a better um, academic preparation for college. So I, I think I didn't get to take any AP classes. Um, I had to take, I had to do everything as rushed as possible. And so when I graduated, I, I applied to one single school, which is where I've all, I had always wanted to go to college at the University of Florida, hmm. uh, because that's where my dad went, and I had already visited i thought it was i don't know for some reason it was the only school that, that really <laughs> called me university of florida which is in gainesville that's like four and a half hours north of miami and uh i didn't get in oh okay. And, okay. yeah and so i got rejected from the only place that i applied to and so it was like back to the drawing board pablo like okay you really want to go there let's find if there's any other path for you to get there um and so i ended up doing uh, I think a year and a half at Broward College, which mm -hmm. is, I, I still think it's a great way to um, 
transition into into college because I, I mean you you say from a financial point of view it makes a lot of sense especially in today's world where most lectures you can watch online if you mm -hmm. really want to see you know how an MIT professor teaches something mm -hmm. you can for free yeah. you don't have to go to MIT to see how you know an MIT professor teaches linear algebra you can learn that online from that same professor and uh, and so that's what I did I did a year and a half uh, I took all the courses that I could while I was here um, like I remember taking taking classes that I didn't even think I would I would like you know AutoCAD <laughs> and a bunch of technical classes that were really cheap and you know I, I was on a scholarship luckily so that was um, that was my my entry into college and then after a year and a half I applied to UF again University of Florida and they accepted me so right. that's where I that's where I actually did most of my undergrad uh, was there and I, I studied something called industrial engineering industrial and systems engineering hmm. which uh, to be honest I I do recommend if you want to go a very businessy route as an engineer you know mm -hmm. it's it's not as technical focused technically focused as something like electrical or mm. um, or mechanical engineering um, a lot of my friends who I went to school with ended up working you know as product as um, yeah product managers or as um, um, what's it called or, or like just heads of uh, manufacturing departments at yeah companies like Procter and Gamble or Boeing or big um, defense contractors. Yeah. And so it's cool. I mean, I still, if I, if I had to go back, I'd probably study something more like computer science. And did you go there because you had something in mind that you wanted to be like, or not really? I, I knew, I knew that if I, I knew that if I went there, I would learn the, some of the technical skills that I needed to define what was next. Okay. Um, so while I was in college, I had the privilege of uh, also working for some really big companies. I, I, every summer I would, I would um, catch an internship with a big company. Um, so the first summer I worked for Apple, mm -hmm. which was great. Like app that I still think that Apple does an incredible job with their um, people. They do an amazing job with their HR is incredible. Um, the way they keep everybody motivated is great. And, and it just has a really good sense of community. So did you go to Palo Alto or it was, no, it was, it was a remote job. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then on, um, the, the summer after that, I, I did uh, Boeing, um, mm. the, the plane manufacturer. Yeah. That was great. That was more of a technical, technical, uh, role. Uh, in their research and development, um, uh, I guess, building. And it was, it was really, really fascinating. Very slow. So <laughs> definitely slower pace than Apple. Everyone seems to be very cozy and like, yeah, I've been in this yeah. role for 20 years and, you know, I love my paycheck, that, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, Apple, Apple caught my eye more. Like if I had to choose between those two, I'd still stick with, you know, follow yeah. a career at Apple. And then the third, the third and final uh, internship I did was at Intel. Oh. And so all, and then at that that time I was actually at their San Francisco or their Santa Clara offices, mm -hmm. and it was just so great. I I loved every bit of it. I learned so much, and on top of that, I feel like I got what I what I really satisfied was this 
internal need to understand how big companies operate, mm-hmm. how they manage the people, how do they, how they truly get everything they need to get done, done. Mm. And that was, I, I still think that's priceless for me to know now that I lead my own company, I, I, I've definitely taken a lot of cues from all three companies and implemented them in, in how we operate at Spriteful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. That young, so you're in your early twenties, right? At this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Early twenties. Yeah, it's, and, and honestly, it's so valuable. I'd that, say, that's that. probably, that's probably the, the, uh, best, uh, result or, or that's, that's what I would consider the most important factor from my college career. Hmm. Cause everything, all these, all the things that I learned in the actual classroom are great, but to be honest, you can, you can either learn them, learn them somewhere else, or they're not really applicable to yeah. real life as much as you would think when you're there. Um, but the with the doors that, that, that opened for me were bar none the best. Yeah. And most of my friends did the same thing. I mean, all of us would do internships. It wasn't like I was special in any way. No, it's almost like a given. Like if you're studying engineering in the US, the culture is you go work for a summer at a mm. big company. And it's a great way for companies to recruit because most people want to go back and actually start a full-time job afterwards. Mm. So most of my friends ended up, you know, graduating, having a full-time job at ExxonMobil or GE Aviation. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good system. I like yeah. that about the, about engineering at, in the U S. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so did you decide to create your own company just after that or you went through no, uh, yeah, it was literally right when I was still in college. Um, I uh, I kind of fell in love, accidentally fell in love with solar energy. Mm. And to be honest, it's probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. And um, the story's pretty interesting. I mean, it, it you you just never know how a moment uh, can impact you yeah. tremendously. <laughs> It was, I mean, when I think back to it, it, it the, the, the moment that I, that I started to feel a pull towards solar energy was so uh, normal. It was uh, me and my friend were walking to the library. This was like back in, I want to say 2013, 2014, I don't, mm. somewhere along, uh, yeah. It was like October and the weather was great. It was like beautiful day outside and we were walking to the library to prepare for uh, midterm exams. And... Um, it was so beautiful that I wanted to sit outside. I wanted to sit at one of the picnic tables on, at the park at the campus. And, uh, my friend Jack, um, was like, no, I can't, I can't stay here. And I was like, why not? He was like, I, because my, I got to charge, I got to charge my laptop. Like I, <laughs> I, I, my laptop has no battery and I need to go to the library so we can charge. And I was like, fuck, okay, fine. But then as we continued to walk to the library, we started brainstorming. We were like, well, what if what if think about it if we put a little solar panel right next to the picnic table and then we could just you know plug in to the solar panel and we could have sat there we could have we could have just enjoyed the outdoors and Mm. enjoyed charging our our laptops with the sun and that idea kind of spiraled into me going on amazon and just buying the first solar panel that i found with some batteries and some charge controllers and some other electronics that i read online (laughs) that i would need all of this bundled in together uh, it arrived. I tried to plug it into all and, you know, it didn't work the first time. And then I tried again 
and then I still remember to this day I was on the at the parking at the at the roof of the parking lot of my building and I plugged my phone into the system and it started charging (laughs) yeah that little that little like it's charging and I was like what this is crazy I'm charging my phone with the sun right now and it was so it was so in front of me that it was exhilarating like it really feels like magic yeah and uh ever since that day i've been trying to chase that feeling and i've been trying to show that feeling to other people mm. How and cool. it's a pretty good story <laughs> dude i swear i love it it, it blows my mind it blows my mind that something and that did, silly did you go back to the picnic table and set it up or no oh oh okay all right <laughs> i want to know <laughs> yeah okay so this is what ended up happening we jack and i we we designed this little um very small um solar panel with a battery system and we called it a sprite we called it a sprite and then we went to the college of engineering and we showed it off to them we were like hey we built this we think it's really cool and they were like whoa this is really cool uh this is the dean the dean of the college of engineering and she was like we will we'll give you guys five thousand dollars and uh you can build three of them and just put them around the campus and we were like hell yeah we'll do this so we start uh perfecting the design and we you know we have the prototype sitting right outside our apartment and we have we live in one of those um at the time we were living in this uh little campus or or off-campus housing community so it was everyone who lived there was a student right and we had this little solar panel with this, this we had this little sprite which we ended up calling baby sprite right outside right outside our apartment where everyone would pass by and it happened again where a girl passed by and she saw it and we were like working on it and she was like what is this is that is that a solar panel we were like yeah it's a solar panel and uh and we were like yeah go ahead and plug in and you know sit right here at this table and you can charge and you're charging off of the sun (laughs) and she did she plugged in and when she saw the same feeling that i had uh when i first plugged in she saw her laptop start start charging she got this huge smile on her face and and, I, and she was like, that's that's solar power. And I was like, that's solar power. And from again, from that moment on, that only made my my feeling stronger that this is my calling. It's mm-hmm. like, I want people to feel this magic. And um, and so we 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 started pl- planning on where to install these three uh, little bit little sprites around campus. And one day we got an email from an entity called the Environmental Health and Safety Department. And they wanted to talk to us about the project. And so we sat down with them and they were like, sorry guys, but you can't install this unless you put a big fence around it because it's dangerous. We don't know if people are going to get electrocuted or maybe, you know, they're not paying attention on their bike and they bike into this and then they get hurt and yada, yada, yada. And that went kind of completely against the idea of what Sprite was supposed to be. Like it was supposed to be something you could get up close and personal with. And like it, it was... We designed it with a little joint so that you could shift, you could orientate uh, the panel towards okay. the sun, and like we want, we wanted it to be useful and educational. Yeah, like a sunflower, and <laughs> exactly, yeah, 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 where you could participate in making sure that this thing was getting as much power as possible. And so when they asked us to put in a fence, we kind of dropped it. We dropped it, and we and by that time we were also so we were like drowning in actual college work. <laughs> that uh that we were almost happy we were like oh, okay fine. that's a that's a load off of our backs um but I mean, you know the 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 spirit of this idea lived on and it evolved 
continuously um, until now. So now the mission of our company is to uh, make renewable energy accessible to everyone. And, uh, and renewable energy in the form of solar energy is, is what we like best. Um, solar energy has many characteristics that make, that make it just an incredible human technology. Like it's one of the coolest things that we've come up with. Um, it's the only power source that doesn't have any moving parts. It's almost like mm. a solar panel is closer to a pane of glass, like a window, yeah. than it is to a battery or a motor, you know? So it's almost like if you, once you install one, very little can go wrong. So it has a very, very long and maintenance-free life. And if, you, if it's installed right, and as long as you can keep an eye on it, so monitor the, the data that's coming off of it, you can, you, you don't have to touch it. So any other power source, you can imagine like a hydroelectric power plant or even a, a wind a wind farm. Yeah, you're going to have every once in a while. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to go up there. You have to make sure everything's running. You have to make sure the gears are well oiled. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, I love, I, I'm not, I have nothing against wind turbines. I think they're great too. No, but yeah, but it's less accessible to the, to the population in the mass. Exactly. It's, you can, yeah. and, and then that's the other thing is that solar is so modular. You can have, you can have a, a tiny home in the middle of sub-Saharan Africa um, yeah. with one 100 watt solar panel, and that's sufficient to, to, to fill their needs. They, you know, with that they can probably charge all their electronic devices. They can run a fridge, a fan, a light, mm. whatever it may be. Um, here in Florida, our houses use a shitload of power, so yeah. we're not okay with we're not okay with just one solar panel. We usually have to put you know 40, 50, 60. You have the AC at like 65. Yeah, you need to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's where we're at right now is we're, we're converting as many houses as we can to solar power and trying to do it in a way that makes sense for people, which is really, funnily enough, it's, it's where most of the innovation is happening in the, in the renewable energy spaces. How do we make these, incent these investments make sense for everyone? Um, because everyone likes solar energy. Everyone likes wind energy. Yeah. But the moment you start talking about it and, and the cost of it is so front heavy, uh, like if, if you can imagine when we first started, uh, the only thing we would offer is, hey, you know, pay us $20,000 and we'll install this for you. Mm. That's that's really not fully accessible. Not a lot of people have 20K laying around that they could spend on this. That and also, even if you tell people, okay, you need to pay 20K now, but on the long run, you're going to be saving I don't know, whatever amount per mm -hmm. year. So after X year is going to be paid back and you're going exactly. to be, but that people don't think long-term that much. Right. They, they look at the bank account today and, and, and that's what they matter. Yes. <laughs> so. Oh my God. That is, that is actually, it's, it scares me a little bit and I'm, I'm painfully aware of the shift in the way that society take, like considers money. Um, and it scares me because now, now I see, the big play, like everyone is very short-term thinking to the point where now if you go on apple.com and you go and you, you, you try to find out how much the new MacBook pro costs, mm. go try it. And then you'll find out that the first thing that they have listed, it's not the price. The price is probably like $2,600. Yeah. They have it like $120 a month. Yeah. So they've made it into a monthly payment mm. so that we you know, society absorbs that cost in our minds easier. Mm. 
And it's almost like back in the day when somebody, some really smart marketing dude discovered that if you, if you put, you know, that this item is $9.99 or, yeah. or $14.99 instead of $15, That's that it's going to make the human mind more <laughs> uh, okay with the idea of purchasing it. Well, someone really smart and of course, after a lot of finance talks, they probably figured out like back in, you know, Tim Cook and his friends were like, you know what, we can probably sell a lot more yeah. laptops if we, if we show people the broken down per month cost of this thing. And I don't know, I don't, I still don't know if that's a good way to do things because it's, um, it's, a, it's almost like hiding the truth a little bit. Well, yeah, it is. It's, it's. It's not good, but I understand it because I'm gonna throw a big cliche here. But most, most of most American people are not good with money. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's no, but it's a country like built on debt, and 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 um, subscription is just so normal now. Yeah, that if you tell people, yeah, you give me hundred bucks a month you can have that and no one is going to read all the lines saying yeah you need to keep the contract for 10 years and no one gives a shit like they, yep. they mm -hmm. see 100 and they see they can get this beautiful object that's that's it, that's it. <laughs> don't deal that's it uh, yeah that's it and <laughs> and i mean it's that is the game currently so that's been our our push um as of late is is, is trying to implement that in the way we pitch our service can you do that because i, I yes. guess you have high costs right to install solar panel yes, on the house yeah so it, it has not been easy yeah. but we have figured out something that we consider to be amazing and not not just us but also our clients consider to be amazing where you can because okay so i'll give you a very a very easy to understand example because here in florida you really don't have a choice uh you know, for your, where you get your electricity from. It's like, yeah, it's if you live in Florida, you have to pay FPL. Yeah. That's it. It's not like you can call another company and be like, Hey, I don't want power from them. I want power from you. You mm -hmm. can't do that. So, um, we've, we found a way to, uh, integrate ourselves somewhere in between you and FPL where FPL is still your utility company, mm -hmm. but you have a service that manages your energy uh, so you don't necessarily have to pay FPL directly. And I'll, I'll kind of give you the rundown of the idea. And we call it, we call it um, the savings sharing plan because technically we make money by taking a cut from the savings that we generate right. for every house. Mm -hmm. So let's say a typical customer, a typical house in Florida uh, pays $200 a month on average on their electricity. And They've been doing that, I guess, happily or unhappily forever. And we come in and, you know, they either call us or somehow they, they, they learn about us. And, uh, and we analyze the roof. We do all the math. We do all the simulations. And we realize that we can probably drop this house. If we install some solar panels on the roof, we can probably drop their bill down to 50. So uh, that means that you know, we, for some reason, we can't get all the way down to zero. I mean, you can never get down to zero because FPL will always want like at least $10 hmm. a month. Um, but just to make the, the math simple, let's say, let's say we drop down to zero. Let's say we, we drop the full $200. Yeah. 
Um, well, then we can do that and we can offer you that without any payment at all. Like you, you can, as long as you subscribe to our saving sharing plan, we'll install the solar panels for free and you get to keep a portion of the savings that these solar panels create. So mm -hmm. let's say that the savings are indeed $200 every month. Then you get to keep 30, $40 out of that. And you know, and we keep the rest to, yeah. in order to fund our operations, but that makes it, that, that is what we found is the way that people absorb this the best Yeah, because it kind of takes everything away. It takes all the risk away from people when they make this decision. Um, they don't have to pay for anything. And if it doesn't work, well, whatever, they just keep paying what they were already paying. Yeah. You know, they, it's not like it can hurt them. So, uh, yeah, we, I'm, I'm, this is like my baby. I'm really excited about this. And then the idea is that it's a, it's a subscription with an end goal that you can eventually own your own solar panel. So mm -hmm. after it takes a while, it takes 21 years mm -hmm. until, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the amount of time that we've, we've realized it takes for us to, you know, make our money back. Yeah. Uh, and you know, with some profits for our investors and everyone, but after 21 years, um, the panels are yours. You can, you can completely keep them. And that yeah. means that you're going to, you can keep... you're going to keep the 200 bucks a month. Exactly. Whatever. So yeah. now it's almost like you took, it's a pathway for you to take this huge bill from on top of your head. And, um, and I think, I think it's, I think it's something that people will, will come to appreciate. And I mean, we, we already have a lot of demand for this, but it's, it's almost like we want to eventually change the, the mindset that people have around solar, that it's expensive mm. yeah. because the technology has already gotten to the point where it's not, it's really cheap. It's cheaper than your electric bill. If you do, if you do it right, it's mm. cheaper than your electric bill. So I think it's, it's really cool. So I'm, I'm excited to see how far we can take this and how, how big it can grow to be. So when, when did you start exactly? So when I, I graduated uh, from UF in May of 2015 and okay, so I started the company years. in, yeah, I started the company in June. Like that's okay. when, that's when it was like incorporated. Yeah. And yeah. So it's been five years pretty much. Yeah. And it's been about five years. Five yeah. years and a, and, a, and a couple of months. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I would say, I would say these five years have been great and they've been, I've taken it really slowly because you know we we don't have the company itself doesn't have any investors. Um, we haven't we haven't been one of those like companies that try to scale super quick yeah. and like impress everyone. It's been I've 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 been I've been taking it slow to really learn about the market mm. and to really learn what the best pathway is for us to impact the market in a good way. Yeah, where we can where we can finally reach a product or a service that we can ramp up and we say yes this is it like yeah we... and make it make it accessible to everyone and not, mm -hmm. and not just people who can afford to give you 20k yeah one show just yeah, like that exactly yeah yeah but i mean we're we're going up against some pretty big boys like we you know tesla is ramping yeah, up solar their, city their yeah. solar mm -hmm. <laughs> so i mean and i freaking love tesla like i look up to them like they were my second dad <laughs> because honestly I, I mean, Elon is next level. He's, he's yeah. a funny guy, but <laughs> that guy, he is, he is really, really exceptional yeah. in all the ways. 
Um, and so to be honest, I, it's not that I aspire to be like Elon, but when I see him do things, I'm, I'm always like, wow, yeah. I'm so happy. We, I'm so happy we have you. I mean, to be uh, honest, you, if you choose to build a company where Tesla is going, it's a good pick for a start. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're kind of fi fighting the same battle. You know, it's like, how do we make, how do we increase solar energy? How do we decrease carbon emissions? And To me, the, the, the second most or the third most important component is how do we make it in a way that it's the actual people that benefit, mm. not big corporate America that benefits from the shift to renewable energy, because the shift to renewable energy is uh, it's really it's coming like we, we can't change it. No, it's it's already gotten to a point where renewable energy has shown time and time again to be cheaper. So um it's really inevitable it's really so so and, it, and it's either going to be corporate america that takes the benefit from it or it's going to be pe people themselves and i like to be on the side of the people you know trying to increase the the uh, benefit there yeah i think it's like you 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 i mean not you directly but in a sense yeah you are like you're fighting massive lobby and massive like all this oil corporation and everything uh so yeah it's yeah. I, and so i think i think if the if the if the general sentiment was not as strong for you know uh climate change prevention or at least mitigation in some way um the ba the battle would be extremely hard to to fight true. because the oil lobbies and oil companies have ridiculous amounts of money they have and, and power and political power and well yeah money That's... usually leads to <laughs> yeah, political yeah. power <laughs> And, uh, and for, fortunately, you know, even the, you know, right, um, the, the right leaning politicians have seen the benefit, the economic benefit of increasing renewable energy in the US. Um, so even even people who deny climate change, or at least think that climate change is not human It's not related, <laughs> then even those people are can't say no to the fact that if this is financially beneficial for everyone you can't like at some point you have to like come on like come on you have to but that's uh, the thing i guess like if even if you don't give a shit about the environment if you're saving a hundred dollars a month you're probably going to do it just for the sake of saving a hundred dollars a month like even if you think it's a load of bollocks and it's not true and whatever mm -hmm. a lot of people yep. are going to be like oh well even if it saves me a hundred dollars that's mm -hmm. you know it's a good it's reason a no to do it so. yeah it's it's a good start until the shift happen And and mm -hmm. when you have, I think the key is when 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 people are gonna understand that when we're gonna switch from a we have to do something about it to we want to do something about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that that's where we're gonna see things coming. I think. And for us, for us, we we see this happening every once in a while because I mean, we most most homeowners are still you know in their. The, most of the people that we interact with are in their 50s, for, late 40s, 50s, 60s. So mm -hmm. it's a generation that still doesn't truly yeah. uh, cap. It does. They don't really understand. Most people in that generation don't truly understand how fucked we are mm -hmm. and, and how important it is for everyone to try to do their part. But we have had some clients in their early 30s who they see it completely different. They honestly, they wouldn't, even if they weren't saving anything, even if we told them, hey, you're going to be paying the exact same that you were paying before. They say, I don't care. I want the solar panels. Yeah. 
And that makes me excited for the future because it, you know, that's, this is, this is the new generation of homeowners that are truly trying to go out of their way to reduce their reliance on fossil fuels in any way. And obviously living sustainably is a key factor of our, it's a key defining component of our generation, which I love. Yeah, man, we could talk about that for a while, but I want to get more personal now. So sure. I don't know, we carry on now off, <laughs> off the mic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, no, but yeah, it's amazing. I think the the mission that you have, it's amazing and, and it's going to keep growing uh, and I hope it's going to go where you want to take it. Uh, how many employees do you have right now? Just uh, Nine. Oh, wow. That's, That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and luckily we haven't had to let go of anyone during COVID, but it has been a pretty big financial hit. Like mm. we've had to absorb a big hit. Um, cause obviously for a while, nobody wanted to see anyone. You did, yeah. they didn't want to do anything. They didn't, you know, we, even us, we didn't know what was going to happen, uh, to the economy. Yeah. I mean, we still don't, but we know. still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean the, the initial shock of like going from this very, um, very very solid looking economy to like uh oh like this had you know the cracks are starting to show yeah. um that was that was definitely uh it took me a while to wrap my head around it i remember the first times i heard about coronavirus i was like it's not gonna affect us like mm. we're over here that's over there in china and then it's like okay march okay we're starting to get some cases here uh this might this might be troublesome yeah <laughs> and and uh look at that it was yeah. <laughs> 2020 is an interesting year so far yeah <laughs> and it's not finished yet we still have five months <laughs> oh my god and now <laughs> like hurricane season we still have a tropical storm coming this weekend so yeah, yeah. we have a, a <laughs> tiny tropical i love tropical storms i don't know why but i just love them <laughs> um and, and honestly from a, even from a business perspective like i really this is don't tell anyone people listening to this but i want a, a good i want like a good category three and a half category four <laughs> to pass by just so that I can put some of the theories that we have when we when we engineer all these solar panels and we and, and how we install them on people's ah. roofs. We know that they should withstand any hurricane. Mm, but until we see it with our own eyes, yeah, you still uh, have the oh shit. You're still gonna. I'm still exactly. I'm gonna be like, oh, like, what <laughs> yeah. if? What if something is not right in our calculations? That's a and, good point. Uh, and so, like, I'd rather a good category three and a half or four to pass by now when we have <laughs> hundreds of these out there, and not when we have thousands of them. True. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a headache, but it's gonna be a smaller headache. <laughs> That's true. And and so, anyway, don't don't tell anyone. No. I don't so, want people to get mad at me. I also kind of want a hurricane as well because we haven't experienced one yet, and I kind of think we're living in Florida. We should see what a hurricane. I know that's bad to say, isn't it? <laughs> It's bad to say, but I just kind of think it's something that we should experience while we're living to here. To be honest, look, yeah. <laughs> as, as far as natural phenomenon go, um, I would say this one's, a, this one's a good one because you can see it coming from a mile away. It's like yeah. it, 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 war it gives you a 10-day warning. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, like earthquake. A, it's not an earthquake. Or it's like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's not an earthquake. It's not even tornadoes. It's not even blizzards, which can destroy cities. Mm. Um, it's it's a it, we literally get a ten day uh, window. You know, maybe not maybe not ten days every time, but seven eight days where we can start to plan, 
start to prepare, take, get everything we need. Buy toilet paper. Yeah, that's like, take a toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper. That's always the first to go. Oh my God, toilet paper. I would have never thought that toilet paper was going to be out of stock yeah. for is it two months. It's not in the shops yet, it's not, is it really? I don't know. Yeah, the public's here still. Still out of stock. <laughs> I don't get it. It's insane. It's insane. We have to walk uh, like 40 minutes the other direction <laughs> to a certain shop to get toilet paper because we can't get it in the local shop. Yeah, that was funny. I yeah, know, I got some on Amazon last time. Anyway, yeah. that's <laughs> So, yeah, so 2020, I don't know. We have that tropical storm. We have the other tropical storm in the White House. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, trying to... Now, today, I don't, know if, I don't know if you guys will release this podcast today, but today was the day that he was like, yeah, maybe we should postpone the election, guys. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, <laughs> I don't know about that one, but, you know, good, good try. Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting when November comes along. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say that, that, um, the, the, the political climate right now is the weirdest that I've ever seen it. Oh yeah. So, So I have a question before we started filming, you were saying that the past 18 months, you've kind of shifted a little bit in your perspective on business and things. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that? If you want to, I'll kind of put you on the spot here. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, of course I want to. Um, yes. Oh, it's been, um, it's been a really cool journey. Um, I mean the trigger, I have to admit the, when I was, when I, when I graduated college and started working on the company i a, a lot of other things outside of the company and uh, a relationship that i was in went fell very deep into the background and and including like my own self-development it went deep into the background and um and i started feeling like something was missing from my life um i had been dating uh uh my ex for four years or four and a half years uh uh, you know, at that point, like early, early 2019. And uh, oh, for, for a couple of reasons, like a lot of things kind of happened at once in quick succession that made it very clear that we had to end our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so we did. And, you know, that's never easy. That was really, it took an, an emotional toll on me and just kind of, you know, pushed me back and left like a gaping hole in my life where, you know, I had not only, not, not only did I have a lot of new emotionally charged uh, energy, but I also had a lot of time uh, on my hand that, you know, usually would go to hanging out with your significant other. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I started, I started um, meeting people and all of a sudden I met a friend at WeWork who sparked this new, this new string of revelations for me. And, you know, I've, I've, I've never really uh, tried to look at or nourish my spiritual side. It just has never been a focus. I've been, I've always been, you know, I've taken care of me of myself physically. I've taken care of myself academically and career-wise and all that. But really, I've neglected my spiritual side. I've, you know, I've considered myself either atheist or agnostic ever since I was twelve or thirteen years old. And, and that was it for me. It was like, okay, you know, that's, that's cool. You know, this is, this is a, this is cold. This is the cold, hard truth is we're on this earth. Yeah. Rational science. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. (laughs) Honestly, man, that's, that's honestly where I, where I've lived for most of my life. Uh, That's my headspace. And so when, when this friend came in and started showing me all these 
new things and introducing me to all these people. Part of that was Daybreaker. Part of that was gratitude training. I started really looking at and nourishing my spiritual self and trying to analyze like, okay, like maybe, maybe I think maybe, maybe this agnosticism or atheism is coming from the fact that I don't feel satisfied by any religion that I've learned about. Mm-hmm. And that's still the case. I still think, you know, the religions we have right now could use an upgrade. They, they're a little outdated. <laughs> yeah. I like um, and, and so the spiritual nature of like, hey, look, this is us, the soul, we're all one, the universe and, you know, all, and space time being one thing and how we live our lives. There's a lot of stuff and I don't want to get too deep into it because I'm still kind of like processing it all for myself. And there's a lot of people you could talk to that can give you a better sense of this stuff. But just just keep in mind that all of this, all of these ideas have been have created a fundamental shift in how I think about life, myself, and my relationship with others. And even my relationship with my, uh, my future um, and the things that I want to build, the things that, the, the things that I want to create while I'm here. Um, I think that it, they, all, these, all these ideals have only fostered this belief that love should be at the center of everything. And uh, and almost like considering love as a as a as a force as as real and as tangible as gravity is. Mm. Um, I love I love that idea because it, I I feel it. And if you think about it, um, you know there there's no denying that human beings are like love is at our core, and and it is it's something that creates a very positive environment for everyone here. And, and so we should foster it and we should, we should try to make decisions and, and moves in our life that somehow increase the amount of loving connection instead of fear and um, ideas of scarcity in our society. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's where I currently stand is how through my company, through my actions, how do I make sure that in the long run we are having a positive impact in in uh, people's lives to a point where they feel either a higher sense of self-love or self-appreciation like they are really they feel really good about the decisions they make including putting solar panels on their house like that's something that you know at the core it's kind of dumb you know you're just what are you doing you're just oh you know it seems like a contractor could do it like oh it's like installing a toilet or whatever (laughs) no it's 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 way more than that it's it's coming more in tune with you and your relationship with the planet and realizing that you should foster that relationship and should try to make it as le- as little as less hurtful or as as you reduce the pain for the planet as much yeah. as you can. That's that's it. Like if you can take individual uh, action to reduce your negative impact on the planet. Now that we know as much as we know, if if we were living back in the eighteen hundreds, sure, burn away, burn everything you want, because we really didn't know anything yeah. back then. Now we do, we have all this data and we've gone to the freaking Arctic and we've done the ice core and we can see the CO2. Yeah, we, we know. Now it's a real with... choice. Like now we, now we just start to, it's a responsibility. Like we want it or not, but yeah, we know we can't bullshit anymore about we being can't. real or not. <laughs> we really can't. So we have yeah. to use this knowledge that is readily available, absorb it, take it in, understand that you can take individual action to, to somehow make it better and and participate in in the in the fight against this weird long-term battle that we're fighting 
and and so yeah i think that i think that a huge component of that is now raising the vibration that people have about their life and their relationship with the planet um and you know luckily we get to do it in a way that doesn't create any discomfort or any any real daily responsibility for people like recycling recycling is great too but it is something that's a little harder to achieve because it requires constant uh responsibility from everyone yeah this is something more like you make if you make the decision once yeah, it's a passive action in a sense it's right? a pa it's, yeah. it's passive it's like you do it once and if you do it right you're set mm. you've 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 achieved it you can you know you can continue to enjoy it and reap the benefits of it but you know you made the decision you're good you don't have to you don't have to go and press any buttons every day mm. um you're good you did yeah. it so so we that's that's where we are that's where we that's where my mindset is 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 okay we 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 built something that we love and we try to uh find this magic the same magic that i found when i first plugged in my phone to that <laughs> tiny solar panel um try to try to foster that magic but it goes even deeper than that it foster the relationship that people have with the world that they live in and um and i think that that should raise the vibration I'm happy to say that that I that I can uh, that I, it makes me more proud of what I'm doing. Yeah, because you you got a why and you got a vision and, and and a purpose behind it, and it's not just for the sake of doing it in a way. Uh, exactly, it's, it's yeah. putting something it's, bigger than it's bigger than that. <laughs> it's bigger. Sense. It's bigger than even I think. It's bigger than I could put into words. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that I'm I'm always really excited when I think about, you know, 40, 50 years from now, when all of our clients have, uh, you know, grandchildren and, uh, and, you know, or, or great grandchildren, and they look back at history and they look at this individual who back in 2020 or 2014, whenever it was, and be like, wow, my grandfather my was choice. one of the first people. They were one of the first people to, you know, add renewable energy to their lifestyle. Mm. How, 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 how cool is that? And and I'm I'm sure that they will experience some sort of pride in knowing that that they had ancestors that saw a lot of the world problems that they are encountering in 40, 50 years or 100 years, whenever it may be. Um, they'll feel some sort of pride to be able to say, "All right, well, my great grandfather, you know, he did this mm -hmm. and installed these many solar panels on his house and." reduced his carbon emissions as much as he could and and I'm, that makes me happy that um i'm i hope i i get to see some of that before i'm gone <laughs> that's such a nice way to think about it as well about the future generations looking back on our generation like it, it'd be nice to be one of those people who has who is actually trying to make a change rather than just being like oh my grandparents didn't give a shit like it's we're, a nice way to that, think about it like I mean, future generations looking back on us yeah we're gonna be judged heavily by future generations if you think about it now that everything, literally everything, is so recorded mm. in history, uh, our our um, descendants are going to have a ridiculous amount of, um, I guess, sources to be able to make very good judgments. Like we can we can look back at like you know the 1900s and the 1800s and see what you know Benjamin Franklin was writing about. And you know what the what the revolutionaries were were talking about, and it's great. But we have no clue what Benjamin Franklin's neighbor was up to. Yeah. What was that guy doing? No idea. 
And we will never know. And even that guy's ancestors will never know. Uh, that's not the case anymore. We can, our, our descendants are going to be able to trace back everything all the way to what was, what were Rosie and Jeremy doing on this day? You know, what were they talking about? Yeah, yeah. And they're going to be able to look at whatever video and say, look, they knew, but they didn't give a shit. They did nothing about it. Like, <laughs> oh, no, but yeah, like God. that's... <laughs> you made it sound so bad right there. It's like, but... look at that. They knew and they didn't do anything. <laughs> that's harsh. Yeah, but in, in a way, I mean, they'll, they'll have the possibility to do that. We can... We can still change that, but that's one of the outcome that's possible. Oh uh, man, <laughs> that is. I mean, I mean, that that's a little that's a little darker than I thought. About it, you're right. No, but we will be judged. <laughs> no, but like you said, everything is recorded, and yeah, like I think, but I I think it's great in the sense that now it's up to us, and 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 now you just have to take the responsibility of it, and like you you can literally do something about it. Yeah. So yeah. it's. You know, it's not up to someone else, whatever. Oh, I didn't know X, Y, Z. Like you can't, you can't really come up with bullshit excuses anymore. Like we know, everyone knows. That's it. So yeah. if you want to do something about it, you can. That's that's the choice after. Like, it's it's just that. Uh, I mean, you're you're going into a weird rabbit hole, and I think the way we've dealt with coronavirus really, really paints an interesting light at how we as a as a society come to come to conclusions and it's just it's a little bit uh difficult to believe how many people you know we're in, it's it's end of july now and there's still a lot of people who think coronavirus is a lie mm. and so you know even though it's so apparent and we hear every day of people dying uh it's 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 honestly concerning yeah. because you know we still have a lot of people who don't who don't think it's a real thing um and uh and don't take individual responsibility so it's it it doesn't it definitely doesn't give me <laughs> a lot of confidence that we as we are today are going to have a good time with dealing with climate change because climate change is going to be even more invisible than this virus yeah true yeah. but also like this one thing is that you know like i don't know Two years ago, I think all the presidents met in Paris, in France, and and, and they wrote like some sort of agreement to reduce mm -hmm. whatever by the end of I don't know what. And you know, yeah. you hear a lot of people saying that, yeah, but now it's too late; it's impossible. Uh, <laughs> or or you hear people saying, you know, like, oh yeah, if we reduce by ten percent or whatever, and and you know, it's it's like it's hopeless in a sense when you listen to those experts or whatever. Right. And then. Coronavirus happened. The world shut down. Everyone is home, and suddenly you see a huge drop of pollution yep. everywhere in the world. In literally yep. what, like six weeks, eight weeks, like you saw a massive drop, like everywhere in the world. That's massive in only eight weeks. Mm -hmm. So we can still do something about it. Definitely, 100%. like. Yeah, that, that yeah. that's that's just a proof that was like an experiment uh but yeah. we can see that some a shift is still possible like totally that was so interesting that i think and that, 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 yeah. that should put some hope in there the it, it's a little complex because what the science shows is that there is you know what what a lot of scientists believe is that there is a point of no return where mm. 
there's going to be a snowball effect. You know, if you consider all of the different things that will come into play when um, massive sections of Antarctica break off and melt, and then you have rising sea levels, and as you have rising sea level, well, number one, if you have less ice in Antarctica, then you have less reflective surface. You 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 increase the albedo. Oh no, you sorry, you decrease the albedo of the Earth, yeah, which so means that now quicker. more sunlight is more sunlight energy is getting trapped by the Earth, and instead of reflected away. And then oceans oceans rise and and they cover more a bigger surface area and then yeah. it's just gonna get so weird really quickly uh according to a lot of people i i still i mean i'm I'm an extremely optimistic person so i think that we'll be able to halt it i think that we will be able to you know um the, i think what the mainstream science media <laughs> says is that we have to stop it at less than two degrees mm -hmm. increase um global average temperatures and um i think we can do it i i really do think we do we can do it yeah yeah and anyway elon Musk is going to take us to mars and he's going to say this <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I i always joke um with my friends that i'm going to retire in either italy or mars i'll, I'll come uh, i'll come with you to mars But the truth is, it's not a joke. Like, I really think those are my two options. I freaking love Italy. And I think that Italy is an incredible place to retire. Yeah. But yeah. if we have the opportunity to settle Mars and start to develop humanity's next adventure. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Uh, yeah. Same man. Like, yeah, I know someone. Woo. Right. <laughs> She doesn't yeah. want to come, so. <laughs> well, hey, let's go. Uh, I think I'll stay here. Yeah. It'll I'm be good. fun, you know? Yeah, there's one thing we can be sure is that we are not going to retire in Miami because in 50 years, Miami is probably going to be underwater. <laughs> uh, I mean... That would, be, that would be a crazy story to tell, you know? <laughs> I just can't imagine myself looking back at the map and saying... Like, yeah, I lived for, there. I lived there in the middle of what is now, you know, the Atlantis. Atlantic shore. Yeah. <laughs> Atlantis. Yeah. And then, oh my God. Oh, if one one thing is true is that scuba diving is going to get way more popular. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can visit your old apartment. <laughs> you can scuba dive in Ocean Drive. How <laughs> scuba dive, Ocean Drive. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to make a killing. Uh, but all jokes aside, that's pretty scary. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, I think there's still hope and... and And there's still a lot we can do, way more than we think we can. It's not hopeless and it's still in our hands. And uh, yeah. I'm reading a book right now called uh, Factfulness. Okay. Uh, interesting movie. It was really like two or three years ago. Um, and it's just a bunch of facts about the world. And, mm. and it's showing how we have this view, this negative, pessimistic view of the world and how actually the world is getting better. And he's got a thing saying that things can be bad, but still get better. Like, hmm. you know, like, yeah, there's still war. People are still dying every day, but it's getting better. It's mm -hmm. way better than it was 10 years ago, than it was 20 oh years God, ago, yeah. than it was 40 years ago. Yeah. But then when you hear, when you look at the news and everything, like obviously talking about this shit going on somewhere is more newsworthy and it's getting more attention then right. oh yeah this guy did this cool thing and you know we are slowly solving the problem about that, that no one 
wants to read about I, it. Yeah, it's not selling. No one. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't catch your eyeball. Yeah, but it's. But this book is super interesting in a way that to to bring some positivity and optimism about the world. Like it's a great way to bright some light in the world. Yeah, send me a link. I I want yeah. to check it out. Yeah, I, I um. I mean, I'm already, I mean, actually maybe don't because I'm already a <laughs> hyper optimist. Like I really, it's really hard for me to see the negative in anything. And mm. even, like, in even people? coronavirus, I'm not joking in, yeah, in people and like even coronavirus, I, I just, I cannot see coronavirus as a negative thing. I see it as a difficult thing. It's a difficult problem to solve, but the repercussions from it are going to be overwhelmingly positive um i think it's going to liberate a lot i agree like millions of people from the office environment which is one of the greatest gifts that you could ever get is is like hey like you can work from anywhere like i think the internet opens the door for you to be able to work from anywhere you should be able to we just hired a new um employee and she lives in italy and I think she does just as good a job in Italy as someone over here could, especially because coronavirus has made it possible or made it easy for people to meet over the Internet. And so this is someone who has to deal with clients and the clients don't mind you know, the fact that the meetings are over uh, Zoom. They don't mind that it's a lot of phone calls and not a lot of uh, face to face. It, it's going to take a while until, you know, just we, need to get we, used to it. Like like, it like take anything. A while to fully absorb it, but I I don't think there's any turning back. Mm. Uh, I agree. The whole pandemic has really, uh, I think it's it's pushed that whole revolution forward by about I want to say five or six years, yeah. where now people are um, capable of working from anywhere. Yeah, yeah, creating a massive shift, and yeah, yeah, I agree with you that there's no turning back. It's yeah. too much right now, especially because we don't know when it's going to stop anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, we don't know when it's going to stop so, anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, man, I think we should do a part two of this episode because I think we could talk longer. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're reaching an hour 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I think that. So, uh, I think we should it, plan a part, a part two. I don't know what we is, talk about, but I'm sure we can talk about another for another hour or two. Look, so. honestly, I, <laughs> I just love, I love talking to people. Like we, 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 we haven't got into like personal growth i wanted to talk to you about human experience because i love <laughs> seeing you there doing your an, spiritual spirit animal oh, and everything but yeah, we didn't we talk about that and we don't have time for it but yeah we'll do another episode because still have a lot <laughs> yeah i mean to be honest i i'm really grateful for you guys and and everyone that i've met over the past you know year or so through communities like daybreaker um you guys are honestly a uh, a breath of fresh air and a super bright light that um that it's really really fun anytime that i see you guys it immediately brings a a, a smile to my face Aww. and, <laughs> and it's, it's almost like it's almost like if look i'll put it to you this way if i see you guys somewhere i feel like i'm at the right place Aww. that's that's how i'll put it <laughs> and and so i'm i'm excited for when you know we can do that kind of thing again yeah yeah, yeah true thank you yeah. But for now, we'll just uh, you know sit around and talk to each other. Do what we can, <laughs> and then record it for you know the whole world to be able to hear. Yeah, exactly. If they, if they want to, <laughs> we need to adjust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you but, so much. Um, uh, 
yeah, we'd have to do a part two because I still have shit I want to talk about. So <laughs> we'll plan you know, that. We can talk. We can also talk without having it be, you know. Yeah, but I, 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 I feel like you. <laughs> it's like not. You can you can bring value to everyone, so it's as it's much also as about I that. I love everyone who is listening to this right now. <laughs> I'm sure Jeremy and I could hang out. And yeah, we discuss all, ideas. We, without we, you. we are really similar in a lot of things. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because the the shift happened at the same time. You said beginning of 2018 and that's when I started to shift as well and look at different things. So, yeah, yeah. we got way more in common than I thought. So, uh, we carry on offline. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. We learned something about ourselves. Yeah, that's the whole point of this podcast anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing yeah. it's nothing special, it's just interesting people. Exactly. It's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Pablo, for being on our episode. I really enjoyed talking to you and learning more about you. Because whenever I see you, I'm like, Pablo, I give you a big hug. But I like literally don't know this guy. <laughs> so now I feel like I know you. So that's lovely. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for everyone for listening and tuning in. Make sure you share it with anyone who might be interested. Make sure you leave us a review if you haven't done so already. And where, where can we find you? Oh, yeah. If people want to look about your company, if they want solar panel, oh, or if they just want to talk yeah. to you, what's the best True. way to get in touch? Well, honestly, nowadays, it's I'm assuming it's going to be inter- Instagram. So my uh, my Instagram handle is pabson, pa- P-A-B, like the first letters of my name, dot sun, uh, S-U-N. And then the name of my company is Spriteful Solar. Most people think it's Spriteful like the drink, but it's actually Spriteful with a G-H-T. And that's All another right. funny story, but I'll tell it to you later. Cool. Um, <laughs> Because we don't have any more time. I'll link Actually, everything yeah, in, the, in, in the show notes anyway, so people can find you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> put everything in there, and and uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm always I, I am actually down for a part two if if that if you really think it's worth it, uh, we'll make it happen. I'm also down, you know, to just hang out, go paddleboarding. Hey, we can go paddleboarding. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Okay, well, All thank right. you so much. I'm going to close it up because I think you two just carry <laughs> on talking it, otherwise. It. Yeah, <laughs> thank it. you so much for Bye. listening. Bye, we everyone. will speak to you. We'll have a new episode next Wednesday, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. We really hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, goodbye from us. <laughs> Bye. Bye.